Hi, welcome to another episode of Tech Bytes, the ServiceNow podcast that helps you use the product better and more efficiently. I'm Suzanne Smith, your host, and today we are talking about performance analytics. You'll hear about the history of performance analytics, how you can obtain performance analytics, best practices for using indicators, some standard resources, and the use of time in performance analytics. We're also going to give you some tips for troubleshooting, breakdowns, and dashboards, You'll learn about some little-known features that make your analytics robust, and we're going to give you a sneak peek at Knowledge16 and CreatorCon and how they will be talking about performance analytics. Today, we have Heath Ramsey. Hi, Heath. Hi, Suzanne. Heath is a product marketing manager here at ServiceNow, has been with the company about three years. About three years, yes. And we happily had Heath on for an earlier episode about reporting, and we have brought him back for round two to talk today (laughs) about performance analytics. Yes, and I'm happy to be back and talking about performance analytics. This is going to be a fun one. Excellent. And I do have to mention my quick factoid about Heath. He is a proud graduate of Duke and a fabulous Blue Devils fan. <laughs> yes, and my, my time with Duke goes back quite a way. So an interesting fact, I actually coached two individual sports at Duke University. I was on the coaching staff for both the field hockey team and the volleyball team many, many years ago. So I have very, very strong ties to the Duke Athletic Department. That's great. Well, we're going into March Madness soon, so. We are. Good luck. Always a stressful time. Good luck. Well, today, to take you away from basketball stress, uh, we are going to talk about performance analytics, which is a really wonderful part of the ServiceNow product. We've had a lot of people ask us to bring you on the podcast to talk about performance analytics. For anyone who does not know what it is and what it does in the product, can you give us a little introduction to its powers? Absolutely. So performance analytics, I'm just going to take a a little bit of a history here uh, and talk about performance analytics and how it came to be at ServiceNow. And performance analytics was acquired by for, uh, through an acquisition by ServiceNow of a company called Mirror 42, based out of uh, Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And this company was purchased because we perceived a gap in our capabilities inside the platform. And the gap was that our reporting engine could do some very interesting things around managing the state of requests and the, the tickets that are coming in. But we really didn't have information about um, trend information and analytics information. And what we found that people were exporting data to spreadsheets and doing all sorts of analysis and, and things like that. And so enter Mirror 42 and Performance Analytics. When we purchased them back in July of 2013, one of their first tasks was to rewrite their solution inside the platform. And that really leverages the power of the platform. And that's what makes performance analytics so I like to think amazing because we have a solution that's inside the platform and we can keep the data inside the platform. We don't have to export it. And yet we can still get all this massive insight around how your processes are performing because you can see trends developing over time. You can identify the bottlenecks in your process. You can see what you might want to automate 
in your processes and where you spend your money most efficiently to get the return on the investment that you're looking for. It can help drive continual service improvement across your organization by setting targets and getting people to agree on what those performance metrics are and what the measurements are that everybody should be living to. So performance analytics is a very, I keep saying powerful because I I truly think that it's a powerful product because it is transformative. It gives you the insight into your business services in a way that you haven't had before. Keith, can you take a moment to explain the difference between PA and reporting and and what the relationship is between those two applications? Absolutely. And I'm glad that you asked that question because that that is one of the biggest questions that we get. If I have reporting in the platform, why should I have performance analytics? And the answer is they are two complementary technologies. And as I alluded to before, reporting really is about managing the state of requests. So you can see what's happening now. You can look at the different kind of work and how you might prioritize that work. Performance analytics, on the other hand, gives you advanced insight into your processes. So what we do with performance analytics is we measure the same thing over time so that you can identify developing trends and you can measure the right leading and lagging indicators around your process so that you can drive the outcomes that you're looking for. Now, you use performance analytics and reporting together to get a complete picture of your environment. So it's really important that you have both of them. And how do customers obtain performance analytics? So performance analytics is a separately licensed feature that's part of the platform. And if you and, and it comes in, in two flavors. We have a standard flavor of performance analytics that um, it goes against incident management and the incident management process. That comes standard with every platform, starting with Eureka. So if you have Eureka or Fuji or Geneva, you can start to work with performance analytics today around incident management. The premium version of performance analytics that allows you to gain these insights across any data in your platform. So it can be a service now provided application. It could be a custom application. That's something that you'll need to work with your account team on a licensing situation so that you can get that activated and start start working with it. Excellent. Thank you for, for telling us those differences. Heath, as you said, performance analytics is very powerful. And there's so much that customers can do with it. Do you have any best practices, especially for people maybe getting started with it so they get started on the right foot or people who are using it and just want to be sure they're using it in the best, most efficient way possible? Yes. And and I want to talk about the best practices in a couple of different dimensions, I think I might say. When you think about performance analytics and how it relates to your processes, there is a, a business side of it. And there is a technical side of it. And so I wanted to address each one individually. From a business perspective, performance analytics is about helping you achieve your goals. It's about giving you the insight into your processes, but it's also about putting the power of data in everybody's hands. So if you think about the stakeholders in a process, you've got your executives, you've got your service owners, and you've got your service workers. Performance analytics works best when Everybody who is a stakeholder in the process has access to the same trend information and it's being presented to them in a way where they can take action because it is all about actionability. So the first best practice really is understanding your process, understanding your leading and lagging indicators. And by when we talk about indicators, lagging indicators are things that you're probably very familiar with, which are things like service level agreements. You measure it at the end of a quarter, but you have no idea how to make it better. Leading indicators, on the other hand, are things that allow you to take action as things are happening so that you can drive your outcome. 
The more that you know your leading and lagging indicators and you get all of your stakeholders to agree on what those measurements mean and then publish that information in a meaningful way, that is the trick to continual service improvement and performance improvement across your organization. Now on the technical side, best practices, try to use as much standard content as possible. Again, just like with reporting, we have provided a, a number of indicators and breakdowns. And, and for those of, the, of you who are familiar with the technology, that will make sense. For those of you who are not, you can go to the product documentation and see what that is. But we've, based on our experience, we provide you with some very common things that we think that you can get started with. So use those as your baseline and then figure out how you're going to grow from there and tailor it specifically for your environment. Just because again, every environment is a little bit different, but we really think that you can use those as a model. As you start to play with new indicators and new things in your environment, really think about your, um, think about your data structures. Those, that's the really important piece. Performance analytics, it measures things over time. So as you're building your queries and as you're building your indicators, make sure that you're taking advantage of the timestamps that are in there that are built into the records that you have. Because if you try to use performance analytics without using timestamps, performance analytics isn't going to be able to give you the information on a daily basis or on a periodic basis which is why it was designed. So time is an incredibly important dimension to performance analytics. That's great information, especially for anyone who is taking any of the existing reports and, and wants to customize them or tweak them to always keep the time factor a absolutely. In mind. And I definitely recommend when you, if you're working with performance analytics and you look at your indicator sources, the ones that come standard with the platform and standard with the solution, um, you will be able to see what those indicator sources look like and what those timestamp queries look like so that you can use that as a model for some other indicators that you might create. Do you have any best practices for how people can avoid P1s? Any any pattern you've seen or or anything you've seen where you can you can let people know how to avoid getting into trouble? Yeah, that's um that's an interesting one with performance analytics because there's there's a couple of things that I probably would cover. The first is making sure that, again, that you understand your data set. So when we think about P1s, it's about making sure that you are looking at data that are meaningful for your organization. So let's take, for example, an indicator with a breakdown. Let's say that you want to look at the number of open incidents by assignment group. And you have a relatively large instance, a relatively old instance, and you have 100,000 assignment groups that are available within the platform. When you do a breakdown by assignment group, you have 100,000 assignment groups, but it may not be meaningful to look at 100,000 assignment groups. So it really is about saying, okay, if I look at that set, how can I trim that down to meaningful information? Because not only is that gonna make that better for your consumer, it's also gonna make it better for the performance of the platform overall, because you're not, you're not gonna be collecting data that you don't need. And that's really the, the big thing. On the troubleshooting side, I, I would always say go, go back to the basics. When you understand the architecture and you understand how the different pieces fit together, if you're having an issue with collecting the data that you're looking for, always go back to the beginning. Look at your sources, then look at your indicators or your breakdowns and look at your widgets and your dashboards, et cetera. So don't try to attack the problem from the top. Try to attack the problem from the bottom and the source of the data because that's usually where the issue is. Very good advice. 
Our next section is where we like to talk about tips and tricks. Do you have some for us with performance analytics? Oh, you, you know oh, I do. I know <laughs> you, you know do. I do. I know you uh, do. Th- there's, so many. There's, there's actually there's there's a lot of them, but I'm going to focus on on a couple of different ones. One one is another slight troubleshooting tip and trick, and then the other one has to deal quite a bit with the visualizations. So the first thing that I get asked a lot is on breakdowns. So breakdowns add another dimension of analysis to your indicator. And sometimes people don't necessarily see um, the specific values for the breakdown, and they don't see the results until they actually run through the whole thing and do a data collection and see whether or not it has shown up. One of the easier ways to make sure that you've got the values for the breakdown that you're looking for is one, in the source, there, after you put your query in there and the criteria, there's a little link and a refresh button that tells you how many records are available for that breakdown, and that should match up with what you're looking for. But after you associate the breakdown with your indicator, you should be able to go to the score sheet. And if you look at the score sheet and you look at the indicator that you associated with the breakdown, you should then see all of the values for the breakdown that you just built associated with that indicator. If you see that in the score sheet, then you know that you've got the data structure correct, and then the next step is going to be the data collection and making sure that everything populates the way that you expect it to. Some other tips, more on the visualization side, and this is the really awesome thing about performance analytics, is when you're building dashboards and you're building the widgets that go into those dashboards, it really is about the data organization. A lot of times you have an indicator and you're you're measuring the indicator on a daily basis. And then somebody who's not familiar with performance analytics says, well, maybe I want to measure that on a weekly basis or I want to measure that on a monthly basis. And then they'll go and they'll try to create more indicators that measure it on that monthly or weekly basis. You don't have to do that. So if you have a whole series of indicators that you collect on a daily basis, there are built-in time series and aggregations into the widgets that all you have to do is that when you create the widget and the visualization, you can select seven-day sum or 30-day sum or seven-day average, 30-day average. So it really is about getting the data architecture right, and then these widgets are going to let you just present the data in, in all sorts of different ways without having to go back and, and recreate a whole bunch of indicators or even potentially a whole bunch of reports using the reporting engine. That sounds so, like a much easier way to do much, it. Much, much easier, easier, easier much cleaner. So, time series and aggregates. Definitely think that people should be uh, taking a look at that and tips and tricks. That's an excellent tip. Um, any features people can use to get around problems? You know, again, going back to that score sheet, just in terms of the, pop, the population of data and making sure that you've got the... Um, that's a nice little quality check, really. It, it is a quality check. It's it's how you make sure that you've got the architecture and the structure the way that it's supposed to be before you get to the data collection. Um, as far as some of the other things, again, that refresh button, just making sure that you have access to the tables, that you're using the queries the way that you expect them to, and that you're getting the data that you're looking for. That's probably the biggest thing. Again, with performance analytics and problems, they show up on the visualization, but they're likely the result of something in the underlying data structure or the indicator or breakdown structure. And that's, if you're trying to get around a problem, just go back to the basics again and make sure, you know, be be very methodical. That's probably the biggest thing for me around performance analytics. Just be methodical. Make sure that you start at point A, go to point B, but go to point C through the different data structures so that you can ultimately resolve the issue. Now's the part of the podcast where we like to talk about the underdog. 
Do you have an underdog feature or two in performance analytics that people may not know about, but if they knew about it, it would make their lives easier? Again, you, you know I do. And, <laughs> and just like with the reporting podcast, I'm, I'm going to give you three just as a starting point. And then, of course, we can talk about the resources later on where you can find some other underdogs. Uh, the first one that people probably are not aware of in Geneva we have something that we call inform analytics. And this is about that whole story of making sure that we get power of the data to the people, especially the service workers, right? What if you could give your service worker the ability to see real-time trend information while they're working the ticket? And the answer is you can now with performance analytics. So we have this thing called inform analytics. It is a button that you attach to the form and you can put it say on category, you could put it on assignment group, you could put it on CI. And when the user or the worker is in that form and they click on that button, they see the trend information for a category. So for example, they can see the average incident resolution time for the specific category that they're looking at. They could click on the button for assignment group and they can see which, which groups are potentially overloaded with incidents at this point and perhaps route the ticket to a different location where it can be resolved more quickly for, for the uh, end user. So these are things that allow your workers to really break out of the process and break out of it in a way that gives them the proactivity to get the issue resolved sooner rather than just you know, assigning tickets willy-nilly, which I think is what people tend to do when they get wrapped up in the process. So Inform Analytics, it does come with the standard version of performance analytics that I talked about, so you can play with it. And then you can completely customize it for any form that you have in the ServiceNow platform. That's very powerful. It is, it is, and, and very exciting as well. Second one is what I call interactive filters. Well, I shouldn't say I call interactive. We call interactive <laughs> filters. Uh, and, and interactive filters is a feature within Geneva where if you have a performance analytics dashboard and you've got reports, you've got report gauges that are on that page, you can apply or you can publish a set of filters on that page and the filters interact dynamically with the gauge. So think about it this way. You've got a bar chart with all the open incidents for a particular group and you have your filters along the right-hand side of the page, and now you only want to see the open instances that are related with a current state in your process or a specific assignment group, or maybe it's the ones in the last 30 days, or maybe it's priority. You publish that all along the side, and then whoever's interacting with that dashboard will be able to segment and slice and dice the data right there on the dashboard without having to create another report. And for those of you who are report administrators, you know how tedious it can be to create the 5, 10, 15 reports that would be required to um, take the place of these interactive filters. So you're really giving people, again, more power to really see the information that they want to see, just the information they want to see and not the noise around it. That is correct. And so that whole idea of interactivity is very important, both for performance analytics and reporting. And these interactive filters are part of the performance analytics suite, which is why we're mentioning it in this podcast as opposed to the reporting podcast. But that also leads into the next underdog feature, which is what we call the regrouping and restacking on the fly. And imagine this. So you've got a bar chart and it's the assignment group by um, number of incidents that are opened or, or something like that uh, by priority. So assignment group priority across number of open incidents. And now you want to regroup that by category instead of priority. What you would have had to have done before is to create a brand new report, publish it, make sure people had access to it. But with performance analytics, you now have the ability to just, it's a little drop-down list at the bottom, and you can switch between priority, category, any dimension of analysis that you want to publish. So again, this whole idea of ease and 
reducing the number of reports that have to be created from a massive number down to just a few, but still driving that interactivity for your end user. So whether this is an executive, whether this is a service owner or even a service worker, you're putting the power of the data in their hands and they can find what they want very efficiently and very quickly. And as you say, filter out the noise. I want to ask about how performance analytics, again, how it works with all the other pieces and parts of the platform and other modules, and, and it really can touch everything if, if used in a thoughtful way. Absolutely. And when you think about performance analytics and the data that it, it touches, it's, it's any data in the ServiceNow platform. And as I mentioned with reporting, performance analytics is also a face of the application for your stakeholders. So again, be thinking about your executives, be thinking about your service owners, be thinking about your service workers and how they can consume the data and how they need to be, they need to be aligned. Because if we really think about organizational achievement, people be able to meet their business goals. It's not just about the service owner having interesting analytical information. It's about making sure that that person has insights, making sure that the service worker can make those proactive decisions and making sure that the executive has that oversight and is working off of the same data in a language that they all understand. But it's not just incident management. It's it's any process on the platform. So add a standard content for performance analytics, incident, problem, change, request, additional stuff will be coming. Uh, I can't commit to anything in particular, but there will be continued content that's that's coming out. And where we see performance analytics, it, it really is across, it's across everything. It is absolutely across everything. And not just the applications from ServiceNow. If you're creating custom applications, you can use performance analytics to drive metrics around those applications as well. So it's about getting into that whole thought process of the service that I'm providing how do I make that service better? How do I improve the quality of that service? And how do I do it more efficiently? How do I do it cheaper? And performance analytics isn't going to do those things for you, but performance analytics is going to help you identify how you can do that. And that really is the power, doing more with less and using performance analytics as a solution that's going to allow you to do that. The Knowledge Conference is coming up. In yes. May. Yes, it is. Too, too soon, in my too opinion. Too soon. But... I'm sure you will be very busy. Yes, absolutely. Preparing for that. And I have a feeling you have some performance analytics things in progress for knowledge and ways that people interested in performance analytics can learn more about it or talk to each other. Definitely. And as I mentioned in the reporting podcast, when we think about the knowledge conference, we think about it in um, three different segments. We've got the pre-conference, we've got the main conference, and then we've got CreatorCon. And there's a lot of material for performance analytics. In the pre-conference, you're going to see um, some great sessions. The, the new version of the education services training will be available at Knowledge16. And it's a much deeper dive on performance analytics than the, the current training is. Uh, there's also going to be a series of professional services workshops on continual service improvement and leveraging performance analytics to drive continual service improvement in your organization. So that's one bucket that you can take advantage of. The second is the main conference. We have the analytics and reporting track where there are going to be five sessions or five different breakout sessions. One of them will be a session presented by my general manager, Carl Vanderpoel, where he talks about the roadmap for 
performance analytics as it pertains to Helsinki and future versions. So you can see the improvements that we're making in performance analytics and the reporting engine. And there's going to be uh, a few customer panels talking about performance analytics and what it means for their organization and how they're using it. So you're going to really be able to experience the, the real world application of performance analytics. Likewise, we have a lab track. So there are going to be, we think, four labs around reporting and performance analytics, again, going very deep into performance analytics. So you can get some great hands-on experience there. And then at CreatorCon, we expect to have a couple of things that we call hack labs, which are going to be self-paced labs. And what we want to convey to our application development audience is that you should be thinking about performance analytics and analytics in general as you're developing your application. So just like you would consider security as part of your application development process, you should also be considering what are the reports and what are the analytics that are also needed to be built into there. And more, more importantly, what are the data structures that work best with performance analytics? So we'll talk about things like using reference fields and time date stamps and things like that as part of the application development process to get those folks on board as well. So we've, we've got a pretty comprehensive program in place that we uh, we're trying to pull off between now and May. <laughs> yeah, and and I think a lot of people that attend will be very interested in in anything to do with performance analytics. People are very hungry for for more information. Between now and the conference, there are lots of places where people can go and get information in many different formats yep. about performance analytics. Would you like to touch on some of those? Absolutely. And the same thing that we talked about in the, in the reporting uh, podcast as well, and that is there's there's many different pockets of information. It's making sure that you're pointed in the right place. And we realize that as a business unit, we can do a better job of organization. We are going to be also be creating a, a high KB article that will be hopefully your one-stop shop for all sorts of different links relating to performance analytics, not just KB articles on high, but also links to community, also links to the YouTube channels as well. Um, that should be in the, the KB very, very soon, if not already by the time that this po podcast is published. The next piece, the YouTube channel. So go to the ServiceNow YouTube channel. There's a playlist dedicated to performance analytics to get you up and running. So we, we cover things like introducing the standard version of performance analytics for incident management. We also cover some of the, the core architectural features. So creating your first indicator, creating your first breakdown, creating your first dashboard. So a great... Um, you know, 20, 30 minute tutorial by the time you get through all the videos that will get you beyond the standard content that comes with performance analytics. And we talked about that at the beginning of this podcast. It's it's interesting to do an audio podcast about such a visual product. And that's why the videos on the YouTube channel are so fantastic because yeah. it brings it to life. And, and I couldn't agree more. And I, I definitely recommend that you do that. I mean, hopefully we're painting you a really exciting picture of what performance analytics can do, but nothing substitutes for the, the visual aspect of this because performance analytics, as we said, really is the face of the application to the different stakeholders within the process. Of course, we have the standard uh, resources that you might use for performance analytics, so the product documentation. We definitely encourage you to go out there. And there is a dedicated space within the community for performance analytics. So make sure you go and, and, and you check that out because you will be able to interact with members of the business unit, other ServiceNow employees, our ServiceNow partners. More importantly, other customers who are using performance analytics, they jump in and, and answer and ask questions as well. 
If you are interested in figuring out how you can play with the standard version that comes with your platform, if you're not a performance analytics customer, there are a few articles that I've written, blog posts that are available on the community. Just log in. And if you do a search on free performance analytics, exactly those words, free performance analytics, you will see that it should return in the list of articles and you can get started there. And I go through the process of turning on the plugin and making sure that the default data sources are, are working the way that you expect it to, and that you're checking that your data sources are accurate and then your dashboards and everything else. So again, a good place to get started there amongst all the other resources that we just talked about. So there's resources all the way from getting started from the very beginning to moving through some intermediate features to all the way to the point of creating your own custom apps and, and thinking about performance analytics as you do that. We are trying to do the complete life cycle and the complete customer maturity model. Yes. That's a lot, Heath. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not getting any sleep between now and May. <laughs> That's a lot. Well, I want to thank you very much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. As I said, uh, talking about performance analytics was our number one request for a podcast episode. So hopefully having you here recording this and, and hopefully we've, we've given people some of the information they need. As a BU, we are incredibly flattered. Please keep the request coming. And we uh, look forward to working with you as you embark upon your journey towards continual service improving, improvement and leveraging the data in the platform. Thank you very much, Heath. As always, please consult the product documentation, our knowledge base on high, and our YouTube channel, Now Support, to find out more. This has been another episode of ServiceNow Tech Bytes. Thank you for listening.